Welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, a primitive Baptist ministry declaring the good news of the finished work of salvation by grace alone. This program is brought to you weekly by Elder Joe Nettles, pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi, and Elder David Wise, pastor of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. Stay tuned for today's message. Welcome, my listening friends, to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. It's Joe Nettles again. I'm welcoming you, inviting you to Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, 40283 Wolf Road, near Caledonia, Mississippi, in the Bartahatchee community. And also invite you to Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church. She is pastored by my good friend and partner in this ministry, Elder David Wise. They're located at 11 Staten Road, just off Highway 15, just north of Ackerman. So come and join us 10.30 a.m. any Sunday morning that you can. Uh, We invite you to join us at 6 p.m. every Wednesday evening on the grounds of New Covenant Church located at 200 West Garrett Road in Starkville, Mississippi. We have an abbreviated service and some fellowship every Wednesday night, and we would love to have you come and join us. We invite you to go to our website, gospel-of-grace.com. And please, while you're there, please send us an email. The links are there. Addresses are there. Let us know that you're listening. We would certainly love to hear from you. It would be a great, great encouragement to know that we are reaching folks out there. We also would encourage you to go to the Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church Facebook page, hit like, and activate the notifications. And anytime that we live stream a service, you'll be notified. We live stream all of our Sunday morning services and every Wednesday evening service at the Starkville Primitive Baptist Fellowship that we just mentioned. So we invite you to partake in that live streaming if you're unable to come and visit us in person. But we certainly would love to shake your hand and give you a hearty, charitable welcome. Speaking of charity, uh, we are in a series regarding charity from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And after this morning's hymn, we'll be right back with today's installment of this series on charity. Thank you so much, my listening friends, for staying tuned with us here at the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. 
And again, I'm Elder Joe Nettles. I'm turned in my King James Translation Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Now, if you're a returned listener to this broadcast, you know that during my time on the broadcast lately, I have been trying to preach through 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And if you're familiar with that chapter, it is focused on charity or love. That word charity is the English translation of agape, and agape basically means love in action, a dynamic love. And the type of love that we see that Jesus Christ has for his church, God has for his family. That love by which he saved an innumerable number of people, and that love which will carry them to heaven, preserved in Jesus Christ some sweet day. So now we're going to pick back up with 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 7. Now, there are many characteristics of true agape love that have been stated here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and we have tried to expound upon those for you. Uh, if you missed those messages and you would like to go back and refresh yourself on them, go to gospel-of-grace.com, and there are archived messages there, and all of them are there for your use. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 7 states about charity that it beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, and endureth all things. Now, there's a lot going on in that verse, bearing, believing, hoping, and enduring. Now, all of those are actions, challenging actions, which the child of God will inevitably face during his or her lifetime. But thank the Lord that charity or agape love means love in action. So we're going to see that this love equips these actions and compels to these actions for a born again child of God. Let's look at the first one. It said it bears all things or beareth, B-E-A-R-E-T-H, all things. And that just basically means carries or supports a burden. Friends, the Lord Jesus Christ, we know, is a bearer of his people's burdens. This is attested to in type and shadow. We see in the Old Testament and the garb that the high priest wore. Now, friends, remember Jesus Christ is our high priest after the order of Melchizedek. The high priest in the Old Testament was emblematic of Jesus Christ. So let's look and see how the high priest garments bear the children of Israel upon his shoulders and his heart. Exodus chapter 28, verse 12. And thou shalt put the two stones upon the shoulders of the ephod. The ephod was a praise garment, a garment meant for worship, for the execution of worshipful duties for the priest. Thou shalt put the two stones upon the shoulders of the ephod for stones of memorial unto the children of Israel. So here he said these stones are to be placed so that the children of Israel be, will be remembered and it will be placed on the shoulders. And Aaron shall bear their names before the Lord upon his two shoulders for a memorial. Obviously the picture there is that if Jesus Christ is who this high priest points to, and it is, then he bears our burdens upon his shoulders. He keeps us in remembrance and he bears our burdens. All those things that are full of exertion, all those things that are full of rigor, uh, all the things that we cannot carry ourselves. And remember what Jesus Christ said, without me, ye can do nothing. 
So obviously he's the bearer of burdens, but it doesn't just stop with his shoulders, thank God. We see in Exodus chapter 28, verse 29, several verses down, and Aaron shall bear the names of the children of Israel in the breastplate of judgment upon his heart. When he goeth in unto the holy place for a memorial before the Lord continually. Obviously, my friends, he bears the burdens of God's children. They are born in his heart. They are dear to him. We are the apple of his eye. He loves us. And it is with that love, that charity, that he carries our burdens. Friends, ultimately, he bore our eternal burden. We had a sin debt that we could no wise uh, reach toward paying. We had nothing to give. We were destitute, bankrupt, not even able to stir ourselves up to reach for God. We had a burden that we could never, ever have paid. But in Hebrews chapter 9, verses 26 through 28, we read of Jesus Christ, For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world, notice he said once, in the end of the world, hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. See, he's not like the Old Testament high priest that had to uh, suffer, had to do things over and over and over again. It said, you know, for then he must often have suffered since the foundation of the world if uh, the high priest was to put away the sins of the whole world. But now once in the end of the world, hath he, Jesus Christ, appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. So friends, how are sins put away for God's children? Well, they've been put away once and they were put away when he sacrificed himself. You would have to be willfully ignorant to not understand the plain grammar in that verse. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. See, the focus of that verse is not as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this judgment, focusing on us, saying that we better do the right thing before we draw our final breaths. No, it's in the context of Jesus executing his priestly duty. And it is appointed unto men once to die. He came once in the end of the world, in the end of the law age, to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And when that legal work was done, when he died, my friends, the legal judgment went into effect. That means every single one for whom he died, they are safe and secure in redemptive work through Jesus Christ. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. Every single one of his children were born by him on the tree of the cross. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Do you want evidence that you're one of his children? Well, are you longing to, to see him again? Are you longing to see a savior who will come and lift you out of the filthy decadence of this world? And brothers and sisters, you've got a strong consolation in one named Jesus Christ. And I adjure you by the authority of scripture uh, to look for him. And no better way to look for him and wait for him than waiting on him, serving him, confessing him, repenting of your sins before him, and taking up his cross and baptism and serving him in his church. Now, he'll also bear our temporal burdens. That means the burdens that we bear day by day while the clock ticks on this side of eternity, here on this earth. He'll bear those temporal burdens. 
Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. That's what the yoke was for, the bearing of burdens. And thanks be unto God, my friends, we as his children don't have to bear the yoke by ourselves. No, we have a great yoke partner, one who is bearing uh, all the burden, one who is giving us direction, one who is giving us companionship, one who is keeping us in the correct road to hoe, as it were. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest under your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You have spiritual burdens to carry here in this life, this low ground of sin and sorrow. Yes, you do, child of grace. If you're born again, child of God, I'm here to tell you, my friends, this world is not your home. You're a stranger and a pilgrim here. Well, I'm here to tell you, kindred, while you live and draw breath, the only way those burdens are going to be borne day by day by day is going to be by yoking yourself together with the Lord who has saved you from your eternal burden. And my friends, by that same token, we're to take that same love and to bear other people's burdens. Romans 15, chapter uh, chapter 15, verse one says, we then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproach thee fell on me. How much more could we behave and emulate, behave like and emulate Jesus Christ than removing some burden uh, that is bearing down on one of our brothers or sisters and try to carry it in some way through prayer, through a comforting word, uh, through trying to ease some financial burden if we can. Oh, friends, let us bear one another's burdens. Now, the next one said here, he said, uh, the this charity, it beareth all things and it believeth all things. Let's look at that believing for a moment. Friends, we believe God. How is it you can believe? We believe God because he chose us as his children through that love. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Notice 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, behold, what manner of love the father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. See, because of his love for us, he chose us. We believe God also because he has flooded our hearts with his love, not only a love for him, but a love for others through him. First John 4 and 7, beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Friends, we believe God because he has given us the epitome of love. John fifteen thirteen, greater love hath no man than this. What is this greatest love that could ever be? He goes on to tell you that a man lay down his life for his friends. Friends, if you want to see the very top of love, you see the one who had no sin, who came to be made sin for us and carried our agony and carried our woe and carried our griefs and carried our chastisements upon himself. That is true love. We believe in that God because we believe in a God of such love. We believe God because such love, now notice he himself is love. First John 4, 8, God is love. And we believe God because such love is contrary to untruth. That God is contrary. Our God is contrary to untruth. Deuteronomy 32 uh, tells us, because I will publish the name of the Lord, ascribe ye greatness unto our God. He is the rock. His work is perfect. How can we have assurance and comfort in this God? 
How can we believe that he's a God of love? Because all his ways are judgment, a God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. You do not love someone by immersing them in lies. You love someone by striving to be truthful for that person, to that person, and toward that person. So friends, therefore, if God chose us through love, has shown us that love, has proven the magnitude of that love, and has shown us that such love won't lie to us, then love compels us to believe all things that he has promised. Why would we not believe such an one who loves so greatly? Galatians 5 and 6 says, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Why do you have faith in Christ today? Because you have the love of Christ in you and a love for Christ in you. And oh, friends, I'll tell you what a joy it is to serve such a loving, true, and faithful Lord. All right? So it, my friends, it uh, beareth all things, charity does. It believeth all things, and it hopeth. Let me tell you something, my friends, that hope is a precious thing. I've heard a lot of people say, I wouldn't give you a dime for hope. You've got to have a knowledge that you're saved. Well, friends, I'm here to tell you, you've got the wrong idea of what hope is. Hope is knowledge. It's an innate knowledge, an inner knowledge, a supernatural knowledge. Greatest knowledge anyone could have is hope. Hope is an anticipation of good things to come, but it's based on promise rather than material proof. Just because God says it, we believe it, and we hope in it, even though we haven't seen material proof of it. It's a confidence of something that exists for you already, despite you never having experienced it with natural senses, touch, taste, vision, hearing. It is supernatural and invisible, yet we are convinced it is as real as the breath that's in our lungs right now. Notice 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 7 through 8, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love. Oh, that charity. You haven't seen him, but ye love him. In whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Now here Peter speaks of something that's unseen and intangible that you yearn for more through, ironically, that which is too often seen and excruciatingly tangible. And that's trials and persecutions, trial by fire, these things that we pass through in this life. Friends, let me ask you something. What power could maintain such a hope? Only love can. Notice verse eight, whom having not seen, ye love. Notice Romans chapter five, verses five through six. Hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Our hope is strengthened because we feel the love of God so through and through our very being. Oh, we have trials and tribulations and we trust in the Lord and we lean upon him. He delivers us one more time and that increases our hope. Hope maketh not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. How can you love God to begin with? The Holy Ghost has to put it there. The Holy Ghost has to make you alive. The Holy Ghost places that love in your heart. And that Holy Ghost of love is stirred in your hearts 
the more that your hope is strengthened in the Lord. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Oh, and friends, I'm here to tell you it endureth all things. This charity endureth all things. Notice now you only endure that which is unpleasant and painful. No one endures good times. You know, you enjoy good times. You don't endure good times. To endure a trial is to make it through to the other side of it. And friends, charity slash love is the beacon that pierces the darkness of this fog of dread that surrounds us throughout this world. It's the light that shines through the darkness. It's the light that's peeking over the crest of the mountain when you feel like you're passing through the valley of the shadow of death. Notice in Jude, it declares in verse 20, but ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God. He's saying, guard yourselves, okay? Build yourself up in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. He's talking about, you've got some things to endure. And what do you need to focus your eyes on? You need to focus your eyes on the other side of it. I need to pass through this fog of darkness and I need to break through to where the light is. Well, friends, how are you going to be able to endure? You keep yourselves in the love of God. You think about that love that God has for you, a love that compelled him to send his only begotten son into this world. You think about that love that God has for you, that he's provided for you and kept you and loved you and he has comforted and provided for you all the days of your life. You keep yourselves in the love of God that has secured a place called heaven for you and his son is going going to come back one day and carry you home to that heaven. You keep yourselves in that love of God. I'm not saying you can fall out of God's loving favor. No, but I'm telling you that you need to guard your heart by constantly reassuring yourselves that he is a God of love, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Oh, my friends, these hard times are going to end. They only last for a little while. Oh, weeping endureth for a night, but great joy cometh in the morning. Second Thessalonians chapter three, notice the words of the apostle Paul. And we have confidence in the Lord touching you that ye both do and will do the things which we command you. And the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. See friends, it's by love, it's by charity that we look for the Lord's mercy and deliverance. We endure, we focus on that love. We direct our hearts into the love of God. And in doing that, we patiently wait for Christ to come and deliver us one more time. Notice friends, perfect love takes away the terror, the fear of these things that we walk through. Herein is our love made perfect, said John in 1 John chapter 4, 17. Herein is our love made perfect or full, complete, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love 
casteth out fear, a mature, full love, an understanding of the fullness of the love of God for you that'll never fail you, that is what you need to cast out fear. Are you afraid today? Are you afraid of the Democrats? Are you afraid of the Republicans? Are you afraid of politicians in general? Are you afraid of society? Are you afraid of poverty? Are you afraid of cancer? Are you afraid uh, that uh, religion is growing cold? Are you afraid that now statistics tell us that only half of Americans believe there even is a God? Do those things make you afraid? Well, friends, I want to tell you today, cast out that fear by just trusting in a loving God who has told us all these things were going to come to pass. Why did he give us that truth? Because he loves us. Perfect love casteth out fear. Oh, friends, don't let the Satan in this world steal your cookie. Fear hath torment. He that feareth is not perfect, made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Oh, do you love him today? Then believe that the one who's loved you enough to give his son for you will never fail you. Love empowers you through the midst of the tough times. James 1 verse 12 said, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation for when he is... Notice that who endureth temptation for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. He's not saying you endure temptation and you'll be void of the power of the Lord. And maybe if you make it to the other side, then you'll receive the crown of life. No, he said, blessed is the man that endureth temptation for when at the time he is tried, he, when he's leaning upon the arm, the everlasting arm of the Lord, it is then my friends, he'll receive that crown of life. He'll receive the assurance. He'll receive the confirmation that he belongs unto God and Jesus is there walking with him and holding him up through all of these troubling times. When he is tried, he'll receive the crown of life. I don't know about y'all, but I've felt that crown of life many times. That's not a crown that I walk around like a bandy rooster in. No, it's a crown that humbles me because why would a thrice holy God impute his righteousness to a low down worm of the earth like Joe Nettles? I don't know, but I'm here to tell you, my friends, it carries me through. It carries me through. I believe that the God that bring me to it will carry me through it. And in closing, friends, I want you to understand God also helps you to endure by using fellow Christians to help you. Colossians 2 verse 1, for I would that you knew what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea and for them and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh that their hearts might be comforted being knit together in love and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father. Here, notice he's putting together that love with truth, love with knowledge. Friends, let me tell you something. If you want to keep yourselves in the love of God, you learn more about God. The more you learn about God, the less you're going to doubt God. The more you learn about God, the more you're going to love God. And somebody maybe listen to my voice today and say, I hate God and I don't care anything for love. All I love is myself and what I choose to love. Well, you know what? You're just passing through in the channels. You ain't interested in this message to begin with. But I'm here to tell you if a, love, a message like this of love, steeped in love, pointing to the God of love, means something to you today, radio listener or listener on the internet. I want you to know something, my friends. You've got a God who loves you and has put that love in your heart. And if you love him, 
I'm here to tell you he'll be true to you and he's provided a place for you called the church and we invite you to come to Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi and Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church near Caledonia, Mississippi and Clear Springs Primitive Baptist Church at 55 Tahoe Road in Mabin, Mississippi. Oh friends, we invite you to come to to uh, Good Hope Church, New Hope Church over in Hatley, uh, Mississippi. We invite you, my friends, to go uh, to Beulah and Harmony Churches uh, in the Tupelo uh, area, brothers and sisters. We invite you to come to these places and immerse yourselves more in the love of God with these saints whose joy and duty is to love you with the love that they've been given. Oh, friends, it beareth, it believeth, it endureth, it hopeth. We're so thankful for this love. Until we're able to speak with you again on such wonderful, wonderful subjects, may that love of Jesus Christ be stirred in your breast continually. God bless you. If you enjoy the messages you hear on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, we invite you to visit a Primitive Baptist Church in your area. Visit our website at gospel-of-grace.com to search for a Primitive Baptist Church near you, to listen to past messages online, and to find additional contact information. This program is also available on iTunes under podcasts with the title, The Gospel of Grace, a Primitive Baptist radio broadcast. If you enjoy our program, send us an email at gospelofgracepb at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. This program is produced by Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, 40283 Wolf Road, Caledonia, Mississippi, and Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, 11 Staten Road on Highway 15, just north of Ackerman, Mississippi. Come and worship with us each Sunday morning at 1030 And tune in next week for another message from the Gospel of Grace. Until next time, we pray that God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus our Lord.